1: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, something happened last night. I wake up, I woke up, news going crazy, Twitter going crazy, 11 texts on my phone, probably 30 DMs, everybody reaching out. Listen, I got a lot of takeaways for you from what happened yesterday. Some good, some bad, and most importantly... um, some where I had to cross out my own notes and say, no, nope, I'm not going to say that to people because it's wrong. I'll get to what I mean later. Privacy, ladies and gentlemen, it's a right, not a privilege. Take it back. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Now, I got that. I've got a parallel and why you shouldn't panic. Uh, we should never panic. Listen, I've been on the radio. I'm in the spot Rush Limbaugh was on a number of stations. If you listen to Rush, he made that point repeatedly. Uh, Don't panic, and I'll tell you why. I've got a lot of great takeaways. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. You ever heard of data brokers? They're the middlemen collecting the digital footprints you leave online. They use your browsing history and location data to sell your profile off to a company who delivers you a targeted ad. Well, no biggie, right? Well, you might be surprised to learn that these same data brokers are also selling your information to the Department of Homeland Security and the IRS. To mask my digital footprints, I protect myself with ExpressVPN. Brokers aggregate data and tie it back to you through your device's unique IP address, which also reveals information about your location. When you're connected to ExpressVPN, your IP address is hidden, making it difficult for them to identify who you are. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your network traffic to keep your data safe from hackers on public Wi Fi. That's why I have the ExpressVPN app downloaded on all my devices, phones, computers, even my home Wi Fi router. All I do is tap one button and I'm protected. It's really that easy. Get the best VPN money you can buy, buy it now. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now and get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right, Joseph, let's go. Stop, men. Do not flee. Yeah, dude, dude that's, a, that's a perfect time for that. Remember Braveheart? Yes, sir. Do not flee. Listen, we have so much to talk about. Let me give you my top two takeaways first before we dig in so we don't bury the lead, Folks, it's not over yet. My gosh, I woke up this morning to apocalyptic texts from a lot of close friends of mine yeah. who are conservatives. You would think the world had collapsed. Biden held the House, held the Senate. You would think they picked up seats. Like, Biden picked up 22 seats. Yeah. We lost the Senate. No, it's not even over yet. It's not over yet. Listen, I'm watching now. I've got my eyes on the race. We haven't uh, lost Arizona yet. Haven't lost Georgia. Georgia looks like it's definitely going to a runoff. The Arizona gubernatorial is still open. Looks like Nevada may go our way, which would be a one for one because it appears we lost in Pennsylvania with Oz. So that's a that's a push. We haven't lost anything yet. Now, I did want to say, and I'm, I'm not kidding, like I actually crossed it out. Be patient, but I'm not here to lecture anyone. And that sounds condescending. And that's what an a-hole would say. So I literally crossed it out. Don't be patient. Don't be patient because I'll say this. It's a colossal disgrace that in the world's most advanced economy, I scratch that, the history of the world, the most advanced economy in the world, we can't count a freaking vote. It's just a disgrace. I want to lead off with that right away, that we can't count votes, that we scratch that. I actually scratch, you know what? It's, I, not a, I actually scratch that too. Not a gimmick, that we refuse to count votes. No, I literally said that right. I scratched it out. That we refuse to count votes like a civilized society is just beyond the pale. Are you you you're telling me we haven't figured out in the world's most advanced economy? And it's not all states, Florida, we were fine. Votes were in, boom, done. We can't count votes in Arizona, in California. This is like turning into not election day or election week, but election month if not year. We can't figure this out. The answer is we can figure it out. The Democrats don't want to figure it out because as I said to you last week, an election week and an election month, which is what this is literally turning into based on the timeline, gives them more time to file lawsuits to overturn election results they don't like. Remember, the election deniers are exclusively on the left. They deny results. We question processes. They question results. That's what they do. That's their thing. We refuse to count votes like a civilized society. It's an absolute disgrace that you wake up this morning and you're like, who's in charge of the House? I don't know. Who's in charge of the Senate? Don't know that either. Who won 40-something races that are still on hold and out? Don't know. Governor's races? Ah, maybe. It's causing a breakdown, ladies and gentlemen, of faith in our institutions right in front of your eyes. You're wondering why people don't trust the government, don't trust the FBI, don't trust elections anymore? Because elections don't trust themselves. They can't even count a vote. How can you not count a vote? Person comes in, here, here's my vote. Boom. Counted. Elections, uh, the the, uh, polls close, report the number. The second big top-line takeaway, before we get into point-by-point, digging into the other things that happened happened last night. Tribalism, which I... Guys, did I not warn about this the other day? Oh, yeah. Just yesterday. I was a little down yesterday. If you heard me on the radio in this show, uh, it was an energetic show, a passionate show. And I think we're going to have a relatively decent day when all this is out. Not a great day. Let's not be ridiculous. Not a very good day, but a decent day. Take back the House. It looks like we could take back the Senate. There's a strong chance of that. But I warned you about tribalism. It's taken over and triumphed over reality right now. Folks, these aren't opinion-based items. The bad condition the United States is in right now. They're not opinion items. The level of how bad they are, I guess, is open for your subjective analysis. But as I said to Paula, I woke up this morning and I'm looking at Paula in the kitchen, right? And she's like, how did this happen? I mean, this is it's so obviously bad. Folks, facts matter. Inflation is at 40-year highs. That's just a fact. Crime is Spiking. That's just a fact. Look at the numbers, not everywhere, but in a lot of these liberal cities. That's a fact. That's not some made up, you know, Aesop's fable, okay? The border is open. You can just put a camera down there and watch people walk across the open border. There is no wall down there as it should be in a lot of areas. Yet, some people have just said to themselves that party ID matters more than the destruction of their country. Again, it's actual destruction proven by the numbers. It's not my opinion. How bad it is is my opinion, but the fact that it's bad is not because you can compare it to other years. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it hasn't gotten bad enough for people to wake up yet. You know, Gee came in this morning too. He's like, oh, rough night. I said, yeah, but wasn't it a terrible night? Folks, I've lived through this before. Uh, you know, some of you may be saying, Dan, we don't need false optimism now. It's not false. I'm not ready to give up, not ready to melt down. I'm not going to panic and pull the little short hairs out of my head to impress you about how crazy I am about I'm not going to do any of that. It has not gotten bad enough yet for that allegiance to the, to the Democrat label to wear off. Dude, listener ombudsman speaking. How bad does it have to get? Well, I'm going to answer that for you later. I'm glad you asked that. Because halfway through the show, I'm going to get to what I experienced. Because I've seen this before. Listen, I'm, I'm not the, the Stygian witches here. Give me the eye, okay? But I've lived through this before in New York. Where Joe, you just said, I don't put, me and Joe don't do gimmicks. Joe talks rarely, but when he does, huh. he means it's not something. Joe asked me this question. I'm glad you asked that. Thank you, sir. Because the exact same question was being asked in New York City as they huddled around 2,000 homicides a year, and the whole city descended into chaos in the late 80s, early 90s. And the Republicans still lost. And someone said, how bad does it have to get? A lot of people said that. I'm going to get to that later. Stay tuned. Folks, it's turning around, I promise. It's not false optimism. Maybe not as fast as we'd like. One other quick takeaway related to that. Uh, Folks, it's time for you to get out of blue states. It's clearly obvious at this point if you can. Um, So these top line, I said two top line takeaways. It's not over yet is number one. Um, And it's a colossal disgrace that it is not over yet. And we can't count freaking votes in the country. Takeaway number two, tribalism is triumphed over reality. Reality hasn't hit people home and kicked them in the nuts enough yet, as Joe just said. But the lesson from that is kind of a 2B takeaway. Two B is you got to get out of blue states, folks, if you can. I'm sorry, I know many of you don't want to hear that. I actually wrote a piece again a long time ago suggesting you stay and fight. I'm 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 thoroughly, thoroughly refuting that piece myself now. Though, no. if you can leave, leave for a number of reasons. As you leave, you will reduce those blue states' representation in Congress. Remember, congressional districts are based on population of a state. New York is losing their power in Congress as people leave New York. Every 10 years, they do a redistricting. As people shift to Florida, they're making Florida and Texas more powerful than New York. If you are a conservative, a Republican, a libertarian, please get out of these states as soon as you can. There's a twofold benefit. We'll elect more congressmen in uh, red states like Florida as people shift and congressional seats are reapportioned. But second, presidential elections will soon become unwinnable if that happens for them. If conservatives leave New York and leave California, if you can, if you can stay back and fight, I understand. I'm just giving you tactical advice. You may not like it, but it's true. I had to leave myself. You will also make the electoral college count unwinnable for them. Because remember, you need 270 electoral votes to win the presidency. Electoral votes are based on the number of congressmen plus your two senators. I'm going to get to this a little bit later with Florida and Ohio now being seemingly off the map for the Democrats being red states. Those numbers in 10 years will go up and up and up. If we can turn Florida and Texas into their California and New York, you're going to make presidential races and throw Ohio in the mix. You're going to make presidential races for them. Really, really difficult to win in the future. But you can't do it if you stay behind. Time to get out of blue states. Let's get into, uh, let's dig in now and work this through point by point what happened yesterday because there is so much to talk about from last night. Playbook, political playbook. We go there first in the morning to see what they're talking about, what kind of nonsense they're trying to work through. There's a lot of good news that happened last night. One of the great chunks of news that came out of last night's uh, relatively okay news cycle for the Republicans was the DeSantis-Rubio absolute route in Florida. I mean a route for the ages. There is no good news out of Florida for the Democrats. None. Usually there's a couple stories, Joe. They're like, well, you know, the lipstick on the pig is. No, there's no lipstick. There's no lipstick. It's just right. a pig. It's just a pig. Yeah. It's actually just bacon. At this. at It's over. It's done. The Florida is a total train wreck. An absolute collapse for the Democrats. And it was a collapse for the Democrats because Spanish-speaking voters Hispanic voters, Cubans, Venezuelans, Puerto Ricans, Spanish voters in Florida, in droves, voted for Republicans over Democrats, which does not bode well for them. Playbook is trying to already take the edge off this. They know what happened. Many of the plausible outcomes predicted by top GOP uh, GOP officials didn't materialize. There was no massive shift of the Hispanic vote towards the GOP. That's freaking hilarious. Really? Really? You see how they're already downplaying what happened in Florida? They're doing it through this. Oh, there isn't a massive shift in Hispanic voter stores at GOP. Then how did Ron DeSantis win Miami-Dade by over 10 points? Miami-Dade County, you know, in Miami area down there, of course. Overwhelmingly Hispanic. Hillary Clinton won there by over 20 points, closer to 30 points. How did Ron DeSantis win it by 10 if the county is overwhelmingly Hispanic, if there was no massive shift? Hold on, let's think about that. Sounds like Bolt to me. Yeah. Now, there's a lesson from this. There was a massive shift of Hispanic voters. But why? Folks, it's clear that the border alone is not an issue powerful enough to flip Hispanic voters. I know that sounds counterintuitive, right? Many of you may be saying, well, the border issue. Democrats told us for years that Hispanic voters want open borders. No, they don't. Ron DeSantis sent some illegals to Martha's Vineyard and just won Florida by almost 20 points, which in Florida isn't even a landslide. It's like a a Krakatoa-like volcano. Nobody wins Florida by more than one or two points on the Republican side. Nobody, to win by twenty points, that's Krakatoa for the Democrats. But I thought they said Ron DeSantis shipped the legal to Martha's Vineyard was going to play bad. But you may say, well, Dan, you're making the opposite point. The border issue does work for Republicans and Hispanic voters. It does, but it's not enough, folks. We had two border seats. We lost Myra Flores race, who lost her seat, and Cassie Garcia who um, didn't win that race on the border. Monica de la Cruz did win, which is great news, but it clearly says to me the border issue is not enough. What did Ron DeSantis do different that wound up shifting this? He made the key of his campaign, uh, campaign, not just the border issues, but the battle against woke mediaism, woke companies, the culture wars. He made it about schools and he made it about business. I'm not suggesting those other two candidates didn't do that. I'm just suggesting that This isn't going to be, maybe they just didn't have the money or the assets, and maybe it's just the culture shift isn't ready yet on the southern border. Maybe the border just isn't a big enough issue. But the key takeaway from this, the left's culture war is grossly unpopular with the Hispanic community. So is socialism, so is anti-capitalism, so is CRT in schools. You are seeing it down here in Florida. Now, DeSantis—I mean, there's no question—the winner of the night. If there were winners and losers. The winner of the night is unquestionably Ron DeSantis. The biggest loser of the night—I mean, how do you not say Charlie Crist and the and, and Florida Democrats? How do you not say that? Now, last night may have been the biggest Ron DeSantis strikes again ever. So, in honor of Ron DeSantis last night, this is a double Ron DeSantis strikes again and again. Ron DeSantis strikes again. For, is that the first time you've ever done that? Du- yeah. the first, maybe the last time you ever do that, too. Yeah. Double Ron DeSantis strikes here. Here is Ron DeSantis last night. Again, taking it right to the leftist culture warriors out there trying to destroy our culture, uh, sexual indoctrination in schools, CRT and all this other nonsense. Here he is last night in his, in his victory speech, basically telling you why he won by 20 points and handily won with Hispanic voters. Check this out. We fight the in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. People have come here because our policies work. Folks, he fought the lockdowns. He fought Disney. He fought the media. And he won handily with Hispanic voters. Playbook is just wrong. It just says to us that the border is a great issue for us to fight on because DeSantis did that, too. But it's not enough. It's not enough. The culture wars, the economy, too. Now, CNN is an absolute shock. CNN is in shock that Florida was, I mean, again, a Krakatoa-like event last night for the Democrats. Florida has been now, at least in this, in, in the foreseeable future, is now off the map for the Democrats. For national races and obviously for state races by default, too. They're stunned that there's not a statewide now elected uh, Democrat anywhere in Florida elected on the statewide level. They can't believe it here. Check this out.
0: I was texting with a, a source in Florida, political source, uh, who pointed out to me that this will be the first time since Reconstruction that Florida won't have any Democrats in statewide
1: office. Mm-hmm.
0: Period. So and DeSantis's victory, the, the
1: Miami-Dade. I can't believe it. Miami-Dade. Went like 30 points for Hillary Clinton. They can't, they can't believe they can't get over it. They can't get Miami-Dade. Miami-Dade is a very densely populated county. The old joke in Florida I live down here, I've said often, Joe, is what? The more north you go in Florida, the more south you get.? Right. In other words, South voting patterns, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, those Republican voting patterns. To kick in up north in Florida. As you get to South Florida, Miami, it used to be blue. Uh, not anymore. You can't win in Florida without Miami Dade for the Democrats. You can't. There's just no math. Now, one more I want to throw in with this for my takeaways here, digging it through point by point. Hispanic voters we talked about, we talked about not being able to count the vote, which is a disgrace, tribalism taking over, get out of blue states, Hispanic vote moving in mass down here. This is an important point too. Why you need to get out of blue states to kind of we're just going to keep tying this back to bigger points, folks. Representation in Congress matters not just for representation in Congress, but for representation in the presidential race in the Electoral College. If we can pull swing states off the map that the Democrats once considered in play, it makes presidential politics that much more difficult for the left. Look at this, Washington Examiner. JD Vance just wrecked Tim Ryan in Ohio last night. Again, Ohio is one of those states. Where five and ten years ago, if you won by one or two points in a presidential race or a Senate race, it was considered a landslide for a Republican. J.D. Vance won. We'll see what the final result is. It's way more than that. Easily double that. J.D. Vance defeats the hapless Tim Ryan. Now, what does this mean? Why am I discussing it in the DeSantis block? Because as I said, you need 270 electoral votes to win the presidency. Florida has 30 after the reapportionment. Ohio lost one. They have 17. That's 47. Combine that with the massive chunk from Texas. What do they have? Uh, What is it? 38 or something from Texas? Forgive me. I'm not sure. You have already, you have upwards of 70 to 80 electoral votes off the map already. This is a beautiful thing. Already Already in the books. These were swing states. The Republicans now can start to allocate money to areas we're having trouble, like Pennsylvania last night. This is a huge deal to pull these states off the map, and I think that's happening. Masters race, they're still counting and watching this stuff as we as we speak here. All right, let me get to my, uh, my next sponsor. And then, folks, politics is downstream of culture. We learned that last night, a powerful lesson last night with the younger voters that we all better take heed of. Patriot Mobile. Hey, if you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, look at the reaction of the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they're a force for conservative values. It's because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the second amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Dan. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today, and make a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dan. PatriotMobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT. Thanks, Patriot Mobile. We appreciate it. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, in the are made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So politics is downstream of culture. Hat tip, Andrew Breitbart, for that analysis. You know what? It may sound like a simple statement, but it's not. There's a lot there. We're never going to win political races if we don't flip the culture first. Uh, Folks, we lost uh, we lost young voters last night by over 20 points. We got crushed 18 to 24 year old voters. We just got annihilated, as we typically do. Why is that? Folks, it's time for us to make liberty and freedom sexy again. You know, how is it that the rage against the machine crowd I grew up with, right, became the machine? How is that? How all of these bands and the culture and entertainment all became, uh, you know, sucklers on the T to big government. You can't have big individuals and big government at the same time. We're going to need better advocates out there, both in the entertainment and the sports community. This is why, folks, you can reject this nonsense all you want and be like, oh, we don't need these entertainment people. We don't know. We do. They have political capital. We need sports figures and entertainment folks. We need them to get on our side and start advocating for liberty and freedom again. We do. You know, where are those people out there? Where are what used to be the cowboys? Where are the, you know, they, they, you know, back in the day, you, you had these, these cultural icons that spoke up for the United States. We're gonna need that. Why? Because it has a real effect. Because we've lost the culture and are teaching kids to hate each other based on skin color. Because we're teaching kids that. Drag queen story hour and teaching kids about sexual activity in kindergarten is cool and fun. We've devalued everything, not just the culture, but the culture of life, too. We don't get back the kids. The rest is irrelevant. Forget it. Here's what I mean. It's an article by The Hill. There were uh, abortion measures on five states with ballot measures. You think we'd at least win a few, right? The life cause? No. We got crushed everywhere. There's no putting lipstick on that either. California, Vermont, Michigan on Tuesday approved ballot measures enshrining abortion rights into their state constitutions. While even red states like Montana and Kentucky rejected measures that would have restricted access to reproductive care, in other words, killing babies in the womb. We think this is okay, even in some red states now. We already saw what happened in Kansas. Folks, if we can't defend life and we can't publicly get out there and vocally advocate for life, at all stages. Then what's the point of the conservative movement? There is no point. I want to get to my Giuliani parallel. Because if you haven't heard this story before, I'm going to show you the numbers in a minute. I'm going to show you the numbers and why you should not be too upset today. I just want to make a couple more quick points before I move on to that. Um, I want to hat tip Gee for this one. The polling, you can just forget polling. Throw polling out the window. Polling's just a total mess. But there were polls. It was Newsweek, I think, had a poll showing, you know, or, or reported on a poll that. Charlie Chris was close in Florida. Charlie Chris lost by 20 points. It's not even, it's a total waste of time. What about, you know, some polls on the Republican side, you know, had bowled it close within one and it didn't appear to be the case. Folks, polling's just a mess. Just throw it out. It really is a terrible predictor of just about anything. Polls had Tim Ryan ahead. He got destroyed. It's just a mess. Another quick point the Biden strategy, again, hat tip gee for this one. The Biden strategy of doing absolutely nothing to win the presidency in the midterms. And Joe seems to be working for Biden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, he doesn't do anything. Right. He's such an unpopular figure. The more he goes out, the more they lose. When Joe Biden does nothing, Joe Biden has, a, again, Semi, we had a semi-decent night. He didn't have a terrible night either. Should have been a lot worse. Another kind of positive takeaway to get away from the negative stuff for a second. The next Senate cycle in 2024 in the presidential ballot is great for us. There are so many more Democrat Senate seats. You know, a third of the Senate is up every two years. There are a ton more Senate seats for the Dems up than Republican seats, including Manchin. So if we can squeak out 51 or, you know, 51 seats and get the majority, depending on what happens in the coming days here, we'll be in much better shape in the next cycle. This is not a, oh, we'll get them next time, faux, you know, virtue signal optimistic nonsense thing. It's just true. This was a terrible cycle for us. There were far more competitive swing seats for Republicans up than there were Democrats. Am I going to give up? Two pager, of course, today. And just one more note of optimism. We haven't lost the Senate yet, everyone. Just, you know, again, don't be patient. It's a disgrace that we can't count a freaking vote. I totally understand. But again, we haven't lost anything yet. Let me give you my parallel to New York City here to show you why change happens slowly sometimes. And Joe asked a question before, totally not a setup, by the way. Can't say that enough. You know, how bad does it have to get? And the answer is sometimes it has to get really bad. I don't want to use the cult word, but there is, there are parallels here between all of the indoctrination that's happening to kids through kindergarten up to college into believing that the Democrat Party is this party for freedom and coexistence and tolerance, that it's hard to break people. What typically breaks people, sadly, is when something kicks them right in the nads, either crime, loss of job or something else. I hate to say it. And has it gotten bad enough yet? The answer is no, it hasn't. It's getting there. The same question was asked in New York City when I was growing up there. New York City, ladies and gentlemen, was a hellhole. They were closing in on almost 2,000 homicides a year. Think about how bad the crime situation is in New York right now. They haven't yet crossed 400 homicides. They did last year, but they're not yet there for this year. And let's hope they don't, but it looks like they will. You had five times as many homicides. And you know what? We still lost the New York City mayor's race. Let me show you what I mean. Look at this New York Times headline from March of 1990. Killings in 1989 set a record in New York. A record. Folks, there were about 2,000 homicides. You may say 2,000 homicides, Dan, in 1989? That must have been really bad. People must have finally had enough, right, Joe? Nope. They didn't. Rudy Giuliani ran as a tough-on-crime federal prosecutor for mayor. Dan, he won. No, no, he lost. What do you mean he was a mayor of New York? No, he lost his first run. I was there. Matter of fact, he lost 50-47 to David Dinkins. and Everybody celebrated. Republicans, just like uh, Democrats are celebrating. Look at you Republicans. You can't get your act together. You're so pathetic. We're going to do more Democrat stuff in New York City. And believe me, David Dinkins did a whole lot more Democrat stuff. He did a whole lot more of that. And then it got really bad. Look at this headline from 1994, New York Times. 1993, homicides fewer, but pay attention to this next sentence. But more clustered in New York City. So what happened is things got better in wealthier neighborhoods in New York, like they always do for rich liberals, right? But the Bronx and Brooklyn, where a lot of poorer folks lived, murders were out of control. 1,960, just four years later in that mayor's race. And what happened in that mayor's race? Rudy Giuliani won, ladies and gentlemen, 51-48. Sometimes, sadly, Joe's question is uh, an important one. Sometimes, sadly, change happens slowly. It's no excuse to give up. We had a little bit of change last night, not as much as we would have liked to see. But there's absolutely no reason to fret about what happened last night. It could have been better. It was not bad. It was decent. Sorry, there's a, like a hurricane going on. Did you hear that, Guy? Something hit my house uh, here. So um, uh, if we get a, if we get disconnected, the show is a little disjointed It's because we had to jump back in. Yeah. All right, let me get to this. And I want to explain to you why, again, with the Giuliani parallel, I'm not done. How once we get power, like Giuliani did, and institute real conservatism, public safety, fiscal sanity in New York City, what happened after that? to show you that this real change is possible. And you may be witnessing the middle of a macro cycle right now. Love GenuCell. i struggled to find a product that didn't irritate my skin. This is the only one that I've been able to use without problems. Not only do I love it, but my skin feels like velvet. Love it, love it, love it. That's Carmen from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, who fell in love with GenuCell. Carmen, we hear you. We agree. GenuCell works. The results are wonderful. And the customer service is second to none. And from now until Thanksgiving, Treat yourself to GenuCell's most popular package for 70% off at GenuCell.com now. Treat yourself to the only skincare product you'll ever need, finally. Right now, every most popular package order includes GenuCell's Hyaluronic Acid Correcting Serum Free when you add to, when you add it to the cart. GenuCell's products delight men and women with inspiring results by correcting their daily skin problems like wrinkles, dark spots, dry skin, sagging jawlines, facial redness, and even those annoying bags and puffiness. And with its immediate effects, GenuCell guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Order at GenuCell.com slash Dan. And again, every most popular package order includes GenuCell's Hyaluronic Acid Correcting Serum, free when you add to the cart. GenuCell.com slash Dan, your most popular package, also includes a holiday gift set plus free express shipping. Uh, free express shipping, excuse GenuCell.com slash Dan, GenuCell.com slash Dan, that's G-E-N-U-C-E-L, GenuCell.com slash Dan. Thanks, GenuCell. So, folks, it happened slow in New York. 2,000 people were murdered, five times as many as today. They still lost the Republicans. Nearly 2,000 more people were murdered over the four years of Democrats. Sadly, this is going to happen over the two years of Biden as crime continues to creep up, inflation continues to rain out of control. And then what happened? A mayor won in New York City despite a 6 to 1, 8 to 1 Democrat advantage. Then what happened? In the next mayoral election in 1997 in New York City, Giuliani gets into power, cleans up the city. Ladies and gentlemen, Giuliani won 57 to 40. He won by 17 points. I want you to remember this, the Herb Stein rule. Herb Stein, famous economist. What can't continue won't. What can't continue won't. You can't continue to print money and destroy your currency without a complete financial collapse. What are you, Dan, praying for a kind of financial collapse? Hell no, I'm not. I live here. I'm just telling you, we had a public safety collapse in New York City that led to the greatest 20-year renaissance New York City's ever seen. You may be seeing the beginnings of it last night. This has parallels to me of 1989 Giuliani, where we were almost there, but not as much. Where people like Joe said, gosh, we're almost there. How much worse does it have to get? Well, we're going to find out in the next two years. Because again, what can't continue won't. You'll either crash our economy or cause such a public safety disaster and debacle that you'll find yourself losing seats you never even thought were competitive. Don't forget that lesson, folks. Don't get too down on last night. All right, let's do some more takeaways from last night. just think it's important we discuss that. Washington Examiner, uh, Brian Kemp won big last night, and Stacey Abrams finally uh, has been unseated as the governor of Georgia. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Washington Examiner, uh, Kemp just destroyed Stacey Abrams last night. Joe finally exiting the governor's mansion. Stacey Abrams, she conceded for the first time ever. So, yeah, yeah, Stacey Abrams, good for you. Um, of course, the election deniers were out in force last night. Here is a race hustler, Jason Johnson, a complete lunatic uh, and a total election denier claiming that the record voter turnout in Georgia, again, is somehow evidence of voter suppression. They suppressed so many voters, Joe. They can't find a single voter to go on the record and say they were suppressed. And there was record turnout. They suppressed them so much they turned out in records. But by MSNBC race hustler Jason Johnson logic, This is evidence that the election results should be denied. Here's the real election denier right here. Check this out.
0: In the state of Georgia, thanks to Brian Kim and and Raffensperger, they changed the state law so that you cannot get a provisional ballot in Georgia before five before five o'clock. So if you waited in line for two and a half hours, got there, and they said, oh, there's some sort of mistake, you can't get a provisional ballot here. The level of voter suppression is beyond anything that we saw in 2018. So I think it's completely up in the air. There has been youth turnout at levels we haven't expected. Democrats feel confident. Republicans I've spoken to feel confident. But we can't say that whatever happens tonight is a fair and equitable election because there have been too many laws passed by election deniers to keep people from being able to express themselves.
1: Uh, Again, the Tucker Carlson rule, (laughs) whatever the Democrats accuse you of is simply them trying to cover for their own nonsense. This guy has the balls to go on there and talk about election denying while denying an election. Stacey Abrams lost in an absolute landslide that she's already conceded for the first time ever. It's stunning. It's stunning. So the Herschel Walker race that's still close and is going to go to a runoff. What? Are you going to deny that? What if Warnock wins? Are you going to to use the same logic? Voter suppression did it. Did what? Suppressed Republican voters from pulling Herschel across the finish line? Your logic doesn't even make sense. Thankfully, Stacey and Beto seem to be exiting stage left. Finally. There's a point I want to make about them, too. Stacey and Beto were the celebrity candidates of the cycle, folks. Stacy and Beto with the skateboard. Everybody loved them. Oh, you're like a rock star. Remember that video, Beto? Stacy Abrams, she's the president of Earth and Star Trek. I'm not kidding. You look it up. I mean, all the celebrities were there. Camila Cabello, uh, Kerry Walsh, all these famous people showed up to campaign for Stacy Abrams who got crushed. How many times are we going to learn this lesson? that these celebrities, I don't want to hear about Oprah either. Nobody takes Oprah's endorsement seriously. That was a pencil bail. I'll get to that later in a minute. Nobody cares about celebrity endorsements. They just don't. Candidly, on either side. You know, people who listen to people on our side, Kid Rock or John Rich, we love them, but they're already going to vote Republican. You think a Republican's going to listen to Camelia Cabello? Oh, now I better vote Democrat? The celebrities all got behind these two. So Guy was kind enough to put this together. It's a it's a, it's, it's a nice gesture. It's our departing farewell uh, to Beto and Stacey, the celebrity candidates. Sayonara.
0: Do you support any limitation on abortion? I believe an abortion is a medical decision.
1: I really love that uh, Black Lives Matters and uh, other protesters have put this front and center. To defund our, our police.
0: So yes, to some defunding, We have to reallocate resources. So yes, if there's a moment where the resources are so tight that we have to choose between whether we murder Black people or serve Black people, then absolutely our choice must be service.
1: Thank you, Guy. Um, that was heartfelt. Yes. I know Joe got to see that first this morning, and uh, thank you very much. It was a heartfelt farewell to these two rock stars of the Democrats. Maybe rock and roll is your thing. Uh, it's just not politics. Now, they did set a monsoon of money uh, <laughs> monsoon of money on fire. Fox News, Beto and Stacey Abrams razzed after repeated losses. <laughs> these are Democrats, a lot of them talking, by the way. They're amazing It's setting Democrat money on fire. Good job to those two. Burned a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, good point, Guy. I hope that's a ticket. Beto at the top, Stacey VP or Stacey at the top and Beto VP. That's a great ticket. Burn another billion dollars in campaign money. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. And I want to get to another positive takeaway from last night about the House not going in overwhelming fashion for the Republicans. Would that have been better that it happened? Yes. But there is a takeaway from having a slim majority that actually works out well for real Republicans and bad for the swampies. Some of you see where I'm going with this. Stay tuned. That's a really important point. First, We The People holsters. This is my actual We The People holster for my Glock 43. Perfectly contoured for my Glock 43. Exactly. Put it in there. Real secure, real snug. Best holsters on the market. I haven't seen a better one yet. You hear me talk about We The People holsters often and what a great company they are. We The People holsters has been a partner for a long time. I get asked a lot, Hey, where do you get those shirts you're always wearing on the show? Like this one? We the People Holsters. You like these patriotic shirts? They're a world above the rest, and here's why. Not only does We the People Holsters have the most patriotic and pro-Second Amendment designs, all of their shirts are made in the USA down to the cotton. We're talking cotton grown in America, sewn in America, printed in America, and shipped right to your door. Doesn't get any more American than that, folks. Check out their line of American-made shirts at wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Use code DAN25, that's DAN25, to save 25% off your order. Go. That's an outstanding savings. That's a quarter off your bill there. While you're also check out their complete line of custom-printed holsters, revolutionary Freedom Holster platform, and their industry-leading gun belts. That's wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Use offer code DAN25. It's DAN25. Check them out. Thanks, wethepeopleholsters. This may be one of the most important takeaways of the night. Folks, there will be a slim majority for the Republicans in the House. That's extremely likely at this point. I want to get ahead of the skis, but I don't see any scenario by which the Dems retain control of the House. What that number is going to be, I don't know. Could be as low as, I don't know, 221, as high as 230. It depends. But I can tell you. If it's around 224 to 226, a Republican majority, remember, you need 218 to have a majority in the House. And there's no uh, filibuster in the House. So the majority rules in the House, House of Representatives side. Let me tell you something, folks. Kevin McCarthy, who, uh, you know, is, is a moderate, kind of swampy guy at times, a lot of times, unfortunately. Kevin McCarthy's not going to be able to do squat without the conservative side of the House, the Tom Masseys. The Jim Jordans. He ain't going to be able to do it. Chip Roy. You're not going to be able to do anything. Well, Why? Because he's going to need every single vote. Ah, oh, Dan, that's not going to happen. Really? What happened with the Democrat side when they had a 50-50 split with Kamala Harris being the tying vote? What happened with that, Joe, by simple math? By a 50-50 split mm-hmm. and Kamala Harris is the tiebreaker. By simple math, doesn't that say to you that they need every single Democrat? Because if they had one Democrat turn, it would be fifty-one forty-nine Affirmative. So who did, thank you, I'm just checking my math. So who did that give incredible power to? Oh, that's right, Joe Manchin, who became a one-person, basically, power center for the Democrat Party and then eventually went over to screw over Republicans and moderate Democrats, which is what Joe Manchin always does. Remember that? Oh, yeah. So for a lot of the naysayers out there saying, ah, slim majorities, they're not that great. Well, they're not. I'd like a bigger majority. But there's a big upside. And the big upside is the conservative wing of the party and the House side are a collective Joe Manchin. If they, the Freedom Caucus votes in a block right now, do you understand Kevin McCarthy can't do anything? If they had, say, let's give a ridiculous number, say they had a 260-seat majority. You're talking about, you know, a a, a whole legions of Republicans that could go vote against stuff. And McCarthy wouldn't need you. All he'd have to do is hold the swamp together. Just 218 of 260. That's all he'd need. Folks, if he needs 218 to vote and he gets a majority of 222, he can only lose four. The Freedom Caucus has far more members than that. The Freedom Caucus can now just walk into McCarthy's office and say, we want X. You're not getting X. You're not getting anything then. Not to mention one more thing. McCarthy needs to be elected Speaker of the House. Oh, yeah. He's going to need the Freedom Caucus for that, too. What do you think he's going to get help from Democrats? Now we get to go and push for chairmanships. Now we get to push legislation. Folks, a slim majority is not the best scenario, but it's also not the worst. Now, true conservatism is finally going to take back the party, just like what happened on the left. They had slim majorities, too. You know what an even better example? AOC and the squad. They control. They own Nancy Pelosi. Why? Because she has just a couple of vote lead in the House as of today. She won't after today when they're they're sworn in in January. That's why they own her. That's why you got the Green New Deal in the form of the Inflation Reduction Act. It's not all bad. Another point takeaway from last night. Folks, the media is now just, I mean, wetting their diapers, salivating, foaming at the mouth for a DeSantis-Trump feud. Listen, there's no doubt DeSantis had a good night. There's also no doubt that some of the Trump-backed candidates didn't have the night we would have liked. It's not (laughs) over yet. Everybody shouldn't panic. But some did. J.D. Vance did pretty well last night. That was a Trump candidate. Uh, theres You know, it wasn't a total loss. But some of the Trump-backed candidates didn't have a great night. That's Okay. The guy's endorsement record still better than anyone else in human history. You'll see with this Daily Mail article, time for Republicans to dump Trump. GOP says Trump was a drag on the party and slams the quality of his candidates as golden boy Ron DeSantis storms to victory. Folks, they, they, believe me when I tell you, too, it's not just left wing media. There are a number of people out there, a number of people out there, even on our side, who want nothing more than a DeSantis-Trump feud. Let me just say this. Before you write off Donald Trump, people have written him off before, number one. Number two, there's only one candidate in modern presidential history to ever win Pennsylvania. That's Donald Trump. Donald Trump won in a near presidential landslide in Florida, which was his over uh, one point and then close to, what is it, three, four point victory in Florida was a landslide by presidential standards. And it was Trump who took Florida and Ohio basically off the national map for the Democrats and made them red. It's also Trump who got a historic number of black votes. So all I'm saying is nobody loves Ron DeSantis more than this show. We have our own segment dedicated to him. Let's be careful about the DeSantis-Trump stuff already. Let's get this. We got a runoff coming. We've got, got races undecided. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Congratulations to Ron DeSantis on an outrageously good night. But let's not like throw Trump overboard and just say, I'm not doing it. Don't let the media do their thing. They want that. I'm not doing it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: Another huge takeaway from last night. Folks, listen. The democracy is dying argument. Nobody cares. I don't know how to tell you this, Democrats. Some of you may sincerely believe it because you follow Liz Cheney and uh, Adam Kinzinger. Alan. Alan Kozinger, whatever the hell is the crier. I I don't know. Maybe you believe it. And that's great you believe it. But I'm telling you that the candidates who ran on this and made democracies dying, the insurrection, worse than Pearl Harbor, the center of their campaigns, got smoked. Here, here's the Hill, a left-wing outlet. GOP takes out January 6th panel member, uh, what is her name, Elaine Laurie in Virginia in the 2nd District. In a district, she was favored to win in a night that wasn't that great for the GOP in the House. Folks, her whole campaign was the January 6th thing, and she lost. Even CNN now is starting to acknowledge the fact that maybe this whole democracy's dying thing really isn't resonating, and maybe it's time to move on, you think? Here, take a listen. The numbers in these exits do
0: not line up with what we were seeing in the polling data going into this election about what people cared about and the order in which they ranked it. So we have had a lot of questions throughout this time about, new voters, people that hadn't been in there before that were perhaps not getting captured by the polling. So maybe this is a sign that we're going to see a little bit more of that tonight than we expected. We obviously don't know yet. And you know what's missing from this one, two, three, four, five, top five issues? Democracy. Oh, yeah. It's not even in here. It's not to say that it's not an issue for people, but it doesn't not even the come issue. close. Well, not I the do issue. think
1: folks, the Dems, just please keep running on it. You're just going to lose. Nobody's taking you seriously. No one actually believes the, the, the Republic is at risk from a bunch of uh MAGAs, red hat wearing grandmas. Nobody believes it. Nobody. I'm almost begging you to keep doing these January 6th committee things. Remember Val Demings too? Joe, Val Demings ran for Senate against Rubio. She made January 6th a huge thing, too. Remember that key? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she only lost by like 4,000 points that. I mean, keep it just keep going with it. Liz Cheney's out. Kinzinger was too cowardly to run. Loria lost. Demings got crushed. Please. What's that? But yeah, keep it coming, man. I'd like to see 20 more January 6th hearings in between now and the 2024 cycle. Please keep it going. It's doing so well for you guys. Here's my last point of the day. Listen, I I, I like this writer a lot. I think she's talented and you know does some good work, but... And she's free to hit me back. I'm not going to take it personal. I hope she doesn't. But Tiana Lowe at the Washington Examiner, does pretty good work. But this is, I I think, just a ridiculous article. The headline's not wrong. Candidate quality matters. Well, okay, the sky's blue. Like, yeah, of course it matters. I get it. Like, candidate quality matters. But the article is basically the gist of it is that at the Examiner taking a shot at these Republican candidates and brings up the kind of the Oz Fetterman race. Me and Guy had it out over this this morning a little bit. You really think candidate quality was the delineation point for voters? Like this is what they decided on candidate quality in the Pennsylvania race? Uh, you think you? I'm sorry again. I, this writer's very good. This is not personal. Free to you're actually free to I'll, you can call on my show. I'd love to have you. I'd like to actually debate about it because I like your material, but I think this piece is a little ridiculous. Nobody was deciding the Fetterman-Oz race on candidate quality going, that Fetterman's definitely my guy, so much better. John Fetterman was a socialist, empty the prisons lunatic. Now, I get your argument. It's going to be like, well, you're making my point, not yours, because Oz couldn't even beat him. No, no, that's that's not the point. Oz lost this race for a number of reasons. Believe me, I was pretty intimately involved in a lot of this, some of the stuff I haven't told you. When the statute of limitations is up, I'll I'll tell you. Oz had a lot of problems. I thought Oz was a fine candidate, but he was new. He was a doctor. I believe he was a capitalist based on that Michael Moore thing, which I love. Um, he, he was a doctor. Uh, he was, you know, he he really did believe in a lot of the stuff we believed in. The problem Oz had is they painted him as an outsider. Go to Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Scranton, these areas in Pennsylvania. I spent a lot of time there. And I'm not from there. I'm not Joe Biden making up an autobiography, but enough time in and around that whole area that they're very territorial. They just are. It's kind of like Western Maryland. You're either from there or you're not. You know, they painted him as an outsider. That crudité thing hurt. I mean, it just did as a rich outsider. And Fetterman painted himself as the tattoo Braddock guy. It was a total fake routine. Mommy supported him. It had nothing to do with quality. Oz was fine. He started out. It's not the quality of the candidate. There was some messaging involved there about who they were. That wasn't quite, Fetterman was an awful candidate, was an awful candidate. The race had a lot to do with money and messaging. And I think a brutal primary, I don't think it was quality that was the delineation point there between voting or not. I really don't. I think it was tribalism. I think it was money. Simple as that. And you're going to see a lot of these candidate quality articles from You know, conservative-leaning outlets that jump on this stuff. Oh, candidate quality. was a, Folks, I'm sorry. They ran Gretchen Whitmer, Kathy Hochul, and Fetterman. I really don't want to hear about quality. I just don't. Fetterman, Tudor Dixon, and Oz were, uh, excuse me, Oz, uh, Lee Zeldin, and Tudor Dixon were far superior candidates on the candidate quality scale. That was not what did them in. Tribalism, money, and candidly, just some poor messaging in some of these races. It just was. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. It was a loaded show for you today. Please check out my radio show later. And uh, please, we got a really intense couple weeks coming up. looks like we're going to have a runoff. Some of these races are still open. Please subscribe to the podcast. It is free. It helps the show a lot. You moved us into the top 10 for the first time in a long time, and I so deeply appreciate it. On the national podcast ranks, we were 10, uh, thanks to you. And that happens via subscriptions apple spotify and a rumble.com slash bongino it's free we'd really appreciate it i'll see you on the radio show later you just heard dan bongino